Michael here, just wanted to jump in for a quick second before we get into the game to let you know that this series of modules that we're about to run, or at least one of them, is currently on Kickstarter to be converted from Pathfinder, which is the version that we're going to run, to 5th edition D&D. Uh, there will be links in the show notes, but go check it out. See if this is something you can support. It has already funded, but they are working towards some stretch goals, which would add some additional content for the 5e versions. So if you go to Kickstarter, search for Imperiums, that's I-M-P-E-R-I-U-M-S. These modules were written by William Muma, and uh, Imperiums Campaign Setting is the name of the company, as well as the website. So that's imperiumscs.com for all of the information. So with all of that out of the way, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another exciting field trip from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and tonight we are breaking out the module Vasily's Woe from William Muma. Vasily's Woe is the second of four modules that create an entire campaign arc. The first of the modules, Feast Hall of Ash, was featured on the OneShot Podcast Network last year. I will link to those episodes in the show notes. It's not necessary for you to have listened to that episode before ours would make sense. It will be self-contained. We are not playing the same characters um, that they did. Vasily's Woe is a Pathfinder adventure, which we have never run before, so that should be fun. And before we get into the show specifically, we're going to meet our players and their characters. Ryan, introduce yourself and who you are playing. Like Michael said, my name is Ryan. I am playing Galinius, the Demon Hunter. I am a uh, fighter ranger for Pathfinder purposes. I'm kind of all to myself. I've lost uh, some loves, a wife and a child, during my time in the military. And while there, stumbled across people who aren't what they seem, and they're demons. And I've taken it upon myself to try to cleanse the world of these evil fiends. Hello, everybody. I'm Brad, and I'll be playing Sinadra, or Sin as we call her, a uh, an elven wizard. Um, she's a bit of a, a scoundrel, it seems. Um, she's an enchantress uh, spe- for her specialty and um, likes to use her magics for uh, different things. Hey, everybody. This is Travis. I'll be playing the character Phelan. He's a human oracle. A little bit about my character is he left his village and he's looking to spread peace and goodwill amongst the people he finds. Thank you. And with that, let us begin Vasily's Woe. It is the summer of the year 12,173 AE. The ages-old war between the Tuatha de Danann and the Fomoir has rekindled with the returning to the land of their origin. Attacks on all the people of Tyrdral, both elven and human, are becoming more common as the Fomoir raiders continue to sail up the mighty Fanry River to pillage and plunder. This time, however, the Fomoir are doing more than just killing the Tuathan elves. They are feeding the elvish souls to their god Balar. One elven wizard, Philandrius Amarantus, after seeing the soul of his brother consumed, 
has taken it upon himself to cease the flow of elven souls towards destruction, hiding away in the deep forest, obscured from prying eyes by dark canopy of ancient oaks and elms, Philandrius believes he has discovered a way to help save elven spirits by strengthening their bond to their body. His technique will act in opposition to these evil rites to the god below, and allow the souls to rightfully pass to the rivers of Danube when it is their time. However, this great elven sage cannot travel the world to gain what he needs to save these elven spirits. He must turn to others to gather the components while he remains to help his brethren hold back the tide of Ostman flowing into the Tuathan lands. This is why we now find our four brave adventurers, Galenius, Driss, Sinadra, and Phalon at a small tavern in the village of Aurea, awaiting word from Philandris on what they can do to assist his good work. It's definitely not too early in the day to have another tanker to veil. Is it, Galenius? I try to keep my tankards to a minimum. I never know where I'll find a fiend. Now, Sin, just keep in mind, Isius says that a tanker of ale spreads love to the people, so it's never too late to have another tankard. I like Isius, and what Isius says. Ah, barmaid, please, another round for our table. All right, so the uh, serving lady that was wandering around kind of gives you a nod, and then a few moments later, three more heavy wooden tankards of ale are set down with a bit of a splash as she goes about her business. You are in the very small village of Aria. It is so small that this tavern doesn't even have a name. You're not sure it's even a tavern all the time. It's basically a large home, probably of the uh, village mayor or elder, that is just uh, opened and has a few tables set up. The barmaid is probably a, a daughter in the village. Uh, but they've been serving you ales pretty regularly. Your coin certainly spins. You've been here for two days. This is the day that you were told that you would, uh, that Philandrius would come to you. You still don't know exactly what it is he summoned you for or why here. Galenius takes a sip of his ale, probably a little longer because it's a few in by this point, even though he tries to restrain from drinking. But then he gets a scowl on his face and he slams his tanker down. Bah, Philandrius, when are you going to get here? I'm tired of all this waiting. Galenius, calm yourself. Have you come across Philandrius in your travels? No, at least not that I would have known. I imagine I received the message same as you. Then how do you know he's not already here? He will kind of narrow his eyes at Sinadra. <laughs> I suppose <Should> <laughs> I don't. Cursed wizards fight like men with swords and shields and it would be so much easier. Yeah, but it'd just be a lot less fun for us. With the pointy things going into us and whatnot. Bah! Glinius will take another sip of his ale. So the morning turns into afternoon, and then the afternoon turns into early evening. You have continued to be served um, drink. They've brought you then some food. Probably at some point you've wandered the small village for a few moments. There's really not much to see. So you're back in the tavern when you hear sort of an uproar from outside. It sounds like a gaggle of children are just now bursting uh, with laughter and cries of joy from not far outside the vill- uh, outside the entrance to the tavern. Galenius hears the noise because he's outside relieving himself on the tavern's wall. <laughs> um, and uh, he'll quickly pull up his leather britches and then uh, poke his head around the corner trying to figure out what the disturbance is. Alright, so then you would see... Um, 
what appears to be a Tuathan noble. Uh, this is a sort of an older looking elf, though they don't really age very well. He just has a bearing about him of nobility. There's a, again, all the children in the small village have gathered around him and he's doing minor tricks and illusions, causing little like flowers to open and like little bubble animals to like nip at their feet. And they're all just laughing and having the best time. You do see from even where you're at that his hands, he has these weird sort of crisscrossing straps that go over the backs and sides and his fingers flash with a metallic hue in the light. And that's something you've heard of Philandrius. He's actually lost all of his fingers and has replacements that have been added to him, mechanical ones that are mechanical and magical. So you would clearly recognize this man as Philandrius. Galenius will step out from the alleyway and stand in front of it, uh, crisscross his arms in front of his chest, and just kind of put a scowl on his face as he waits for him to uh, walk by with the kids and into, and he will follow him into the tavern. Just a few moments goes by. Um, Philandrius continues to entertain the children. He seems to enjoy it. Like, it doesn't seem to be a burden on him at all. He's laughing and, you know, joking along with them and smiling. Uh, but, you know, a couple minutes goes by, and you, he clearly is here for a purpose, as he's walking towards you and towards the front of the tavern. And eventually he descends off like three or four different animals sort of running away. These like, you know, bubble illusions and the children run up after them. And at one point you see one of them captured by a kid and then explodes into a shower of candy and they all start laughing and joking. And so Philandrius lays a hand on your shoulder. Galenius, it is good to see you. Are the others inside? I left them inside. Hopefully they're still there and well, not passed out on the floor yet. One thing he does, he, as far as you know, you've never actually met him, but he clearly knows who you are. And um, if you don't say anything else, he'll turn and walk inside. There's probably, at this point in the day, there's probably a few other villagers that are in there, but it's very clear where um, Phelan and uh, Sin are, and he'll come over to the table and uh, have a seat with you. Galenius will follow him to the table, and I'll spin the chair around and sit on it and rest my forearms on the back of the chair. Ah, uh, you must be Philandrius. It is I, and you are Phelan? Yes, yes, I am Phelan. It is a pleasure to meet you, and he stretches his hand out to shake his. Philandrius will extend his, and you will again see that his fingers are these metallic constructs that are strapped to the backs of his hands. Even though I notice them, I don't really react to him in any way, just because uh, I'm just so happy to see him that it, even though he's a little bit deformed, it doesn't bother me in any way. Okay. Um, so he doesn't notice you're not reacting, and then he will turn his gaze over to Sinandra. Uh, Sinandra, I'm, I'm glad you are here as well. I thought there was a fourth that was going to join you. News to us. <laughs> My mistake. I, oh, I believe wow. the, the three of you should be more than capable of this. Shall we get to it then? Yes, finally. Can we please? Certainly you've heard the stories of the Fomor and their raiding growing ever more savage and further into the the reaches of our lands. What you may not have heard, and his gaze will follow squarely on Sinadra, these beasts have found some way to strip the very souls of our elven kin and possible. feed them. It is possible, for I have seen it myself. And they are feeding them to their dark god, Balar. I don't know to what exact purpose, but I can't imagine it's not to grow his strength, possibly to break free of his chains and once again walk the world. I believe I have found a measure that will counter this but I'm in need of certain items, but I'm needed on the front. I cannot spend the time going about them. So I've asked you here 
to task you with retrieving one of these items. It is the antecedent of easement. It is a a relic of the god Esius. Phelan, I'm, I'm oh. glad that you are here for this. Yes. And as you know, Esius is a loving god to all beings, so anything I can do to help uh, you out is a pleasure. I'm glad to have you here. I think your knowledge of Esius should be very valuable. But my scryings have been some way not blocked as much as obscured. And my research tells me that the last place the antecedent was seen was in a small village of Inskittering in the south of the Issian Peninsula. And even now, as I try to scry that place, I cannot locate the temple exactly. It's as if it's shrouded. There should be no dangers there. I don't understand why this is happening. But since I can't say for sure it's there, I would like for you to go, in case, honestly, it's not there and I don't waste my time. I have other groups that are going to other places where it also may be. I've hired you a ship that will sail you across the Tamalic Ocean to the um, city of Safe Harbor. There it is but a small journey to the east into the peninsula to the village of Inskittering. So there you will find the Temple of Esius, and inside you should find the antecedent of Easement. Will you agree to do this for me? I'll go. If what you say is true, how can I not? I feel that way, but I didn't want to impose on you. But yes, this is a dark time for us. We need to find an, an answer. Well, say you, Phelan. Of course, Philandrius. Our services are yours. Galenius? You talk of temples, evils. How could I not? This is what I've been doing the last several years, trying to eradicate the world of these evil outsiders. Excellent. I have already made arrangements for you to sail upon the ship, the Glorious Goddess. It will take you to Safe Harbor. Once you have retrieved the uh, easement, I will need you to go to the city of Chongar. There you will meet my assistant at the uh, inn, the Glorious Peacock. Once you have given him the item, he will bring it to me, and hopefully at that point we will be in a position where we can turn the tide of this battle. The travel itself will take many days. I have uh, made the arrangements. I've already paid your fee, and I have a small stipend here for you to buy any last gear that you might need, but I do ask that you move quickly now that we've made the decision. What you do here, you do not just for the Tuathan elves, but to the empire as a whole. And in your victory, you will be known by all the elves and raised up among them. And he actually slips into to an elven speech, and he rings out with what basically translates to glory to the Tuathan du Danan. He lays a, a bag on the table, it clinks with uh, coins, uh, probably more than what you would need. I'll casually pick it up, tuck it away. Easy with that bag of gold, Sinadra. It's not going anywhere. Well, I recommend maybe picking up a cold iron weapon. In my experiences over the last few years, then those tend to work best against evils of other worlds. Galenius, I think you're going to have yourself, before we do any of this... We need to have another round to celebrate. So uh, he'll stand after he gives his sort of rousing speech. He will wave his hands over you just very slightly. And each of you feel sort of a slight change, almost like a, an effervescence bubbling sensation, a lightness on your feet. And um, he is basically, upon accepting this mission, you have been granted the Tuatha Ken Emergence which the emergence is a thing within this campaign setting, that you will be seen as friendly to all the Tuathan elves that you come across. It will aid you in your negotiations, and unless you do something to break that emergence, you will be offered shelter and be seen as a friend to any of the Tuathan elves that you come across. I'll thank him in an appropriate Tuathan 
thankfulness. He, he will converse yeah. with you in a few minutes in, in Elvish, back and forth. If he notices that you two are kind of not keeping up, I don't know if you speak Elvin, he will break back out of it, realizing he's been a little bit kind of rude. But in that time, he will try to impart to you, Sin, how important this is. And while it may seem trivial because there's so many groups being sent out, it's because he can't be sure, but he can't take the chance of not getting it quickly. This seems like very important to him. And there is a bit of a weight that you sense in him that he's probably concealing from other people. You've seen battles before, though. He's been on the front lines. It could just be the scars of recent battles. Okay. So the closest city to you is Kalion, and that is where the glorious goddess is birthed. And um, Philandrius will urge you to go on your way, spend your coin in the city if there's any equipment that you would need. And uh, he also is going to give you a statue of agoric communication and two scrolls of clairaudience and clairvoyance. You are to use these only in emergencies to contact him as they have limited use if you need urgent assistance or once you have um, acquired the items so that he knows to send uh, to send Chandas to the meeting point. So uh, we will skip over the shopping portion, but if there's any uh, mundane items that you would like to acquire, uh, you can do so. We can handle that off off air. Just write them on your character sheets. I know you can't buy a cold iron weapon because they're way too expensive. Because I, yeah, you guys, you have five hundred gold is what was in the bag. Total, I mean, it's not in gold, but five hundred worth of coin that you can spend uh, on mundane items. You, your character sheets are pretty well filled out already. Yeah, but if there's anything that you want, we can do that. One thing I will do is take some uh, the local trade goods that we have here, like maybe some local spices or something, to bring with me and maybe make a little bit of profit when selling them down there. Okay. Uh, how much of your gold do you want to invest in these trade goods? Uh, we'll say 10. So very, very modest. Yeah, a modest amount. All right. And with that, we will skip the travel portion to Kalion, where you will get on the glorious goddess as you make your way to Safe Harbor. So, my friend, you want to go to the Isian Peninsula. You must be the daring sort. I've sent ships to many ports, sold many spices in many lands, but no longer do I send ships to the peninsula. Reefs, shoals, and the hidden spires of rocks are all over those waters. That's not all, my friend. I've even had ships catch fire after lava vents exploded and flung their fiery death from the seafloor to the bottom of frigates. The superstitious say this is all because of a dead god living beneath the land and ocean. I don't know about that, my friend but I've lost so many ships on that run that I no longer deal with the Eshans. So we will pick up with you guys having been on the Glorious Goddess for about a week now. The captain is a very talkative man named Nasir, and he has invited you into the captain's quarters many nights, shared his meal and meat with you, and talked to you very boastfully about how he is one of the few men brave enough to still sail to Safe Harbor. Because despite that name, it is actually a very dangerous place to go. The place itself isn't bad, but the, the waterways there are littered with shoals and rocks and even uh, boats that have been uh, sundered. So if you don't navigate it correctly, it's very easy to become wrecked yourself. And in addition, there are these sort of natural phenomenon where the water itself will boil under you and sometimes shoot these geysers of steam up that have actually capsized boats. So not only do you have to know how to go there, timing is important as well. You've noticed that the crew seems very sort of 
unsure about this, but uh, the captain seems very confident. And so you still have probably another week's left on your journey, but you are enjoying a meal with Nasir in his captain's quarters, if you guys would like to do anything. So tell me, Captain Sin, I'll say, um, after finishing a, a drop from her goblet, how many times have you sailed into Safe Harbor? Ah, Safe Harbor. He'll do some figures in his head, and you're clearly catching on. He's he's going to lie to you. He's just trying to determine how big of a lie to go. And then he'll kind of give you a smile. Uh, easily a dozen. And were they all as dangerous, fraught as this one will likely be? Yes, they're all very dangerous. If you do not sell them exactly properly, we will be sunk. And all my spice will be at the bottom of the ocean. And I will be a very sad man. Not to mention us. And our spice. I hold my pouch. <laughs> ah, that is, uh, that is fine. What, what, are, what are you intending to do with that? I plan to do a little bit of bartering here and there. Galinius will immediately snatch the pouch out of his hand, open it up, wave it in front of his nose, give kind of an approving nod and take a pinch of it, and he'll uh, ground it in his fingers, and then he'll sprinkle it on his piece of meat that he's got and immediately rip a section off and then hand the pouch back without even saying a word. This is why we really brought it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pepper. He can't go more in a day without this stuff. <laughs> I am a man of vices myself. I understand completely. And I can see in his eyes, he's had some loss. He probably finds solace in the bottom of a barrel of ale and some good food. Perhaps a woman? Food, yes. It's been many years since I've had the company of a woman. Not since my wife's died. Hopefully you're still working with your sword daily, though, right? I go through my forms every day. Keeps you well prepared for all that life may throw at you. As much as can be expected. You never know what these fiends will throw at you. Always with the fiends. I'm sure there's a story there. They hide amongst us. You never know where they're going to come from. He'll, uh, he'll look at you like suspiciously and then he'll give side eye to both Sin and Phelan. I think we are among friends here. You can relax. I'll look back and he'll give you a big smile. Toothy smile. The hand I'm not holding my meat with will go to the hilt of my sword, just because I don't know. It's all right, Galenius. We have a long journey left ahead of us. <laughs> I'm sure we will find many, many fiends of which you can thrust your blade into. I'm sorry, Sinadra. It's just been too long aboard this boat. I, I need something to hack at. Here's something that might help you relax and... I come back with a couple of glasses of ale and just sat them down because this is my way of relaxing. <laughs> okay. I suggest a great game of cards. Maybe a wager. Oh, are you a card player? I dabble. I fancy myself one as well. What, what's your game? I prefer the, uh, the stout. You know, it's a, it's a good game, fast rolls, but it all comes down to the bluff. It seems like that would be a game for you. Do you ever play? Uh, I've dabbled. He's lying. He's clearly played. <laughs> um, for a small, small wager, I could, I could be forced to play. We are you know, trapped here for another what ten days? What's the, what's the worst that could happen? Bah! Give me that cup of ale then, if it's going to be another ten days. 
Phelan slides Galenius a cup of ale his way and then slides him a second one because he seems really stressed out. <laughs> Galenius uh, reaches his hand out and kind of beckons with his fingers to give the pouch back, and he'll sprinkle a little bit of that same powder in the ale, too, for a little bit more pepper, <laughs> more pepper spice. I think you've had a little bit too much of the, the spice. Yeah, come back on the spice. All right, so we'll do uh, we'll just do one roll to kind of represent the back and forth of our uh, games, small wagers, and then whoever has the whatever the difference is will be who wins and, and basically about how much. Nine. <laughs> so you find uh, Nazir to be a very accomplished bluffer, mm-hmm. and um, you even get the feeling that perhaps earlier when he was lying to you that that was intentionally letting you know that he lied because he was much better at this game than you expected. And you actually end up losing um, 150 silver, so 15 gold. Not bad. And again, this is over the course of mm-hmm. like days of playing, like sure. every night, that kind of thing. So you guys are going to be lying in your bunks uh, below decks when you start to hear the crew running back and forth. There's a there's like a shout of alarm, uh, equivalent to like, the, you know, all hands on deck sort of thing. Um, this is the morning that you were, you went to bed knowing this is the day that you would get there. So it appears that you guys are close to safe haven and that you're about to go through this, uh, labyrinth of razor shop rocks and shoals and, uh, scuttled boats. Galenius, uh, immediately rolls out of his bunk, brings his feet underneath him and lands in a crouch, ready to go, not exactly knowing what's going on. He just, so many years at war in the army and lately going after things that sometimes he can see, some things, sometimes he can't. He is uh, always ready for battle. All right. What are the rest of you guys doing? You've basically been awoken in the morning by the sounds of the ship in heavy activity. Where are we told to stay during? Or, I mean, are we expected to stay below? Or are we allowed on deck during? You're allowed uh, on deck. You, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have skills that would relate to sailing the ship, but you've not been asked to do any crew work. Uh, you're basically just guests on the ship, so you have free reign. I mean, if you don't want to get in the way, but you're not barred from being up there when the ship is sailing. I'll go up on deck. Phelan, what are you doing? Uh, Phelan, relaxing a bit too much from the night before, <laughs> is kind of in a little bit of a drunken stupor still in the morning, and he's just rocking back for He's like, steady yourself! And he doesn't know what's going on. He's half asleep, half awake. Uh, and then he finally realizes what's going on and then uh, gets half-dressed and starts running up to the deck of the ship to see what's going on. Okay. And Galenius? So Galenius, uh, out of the crouch, he hears uh, Phelan do that. He will uh, walk up to him and slap him on the cheek back and forth a couple times um, and kind of almost halfway pull him out of the bunk. And then he will hurriedly uh, jog past Sinadra. It's just his practice to be out in front, kind of uh, the point man. And uh, he almost slightly pushes her over to get past her so that he can see first what's going on. Easy, Galenius, as she kind of bounces off the wall. We'll get there in time. Ship's not going anywhere. It's, it's, you've already disappeared up the hallway. All right, so everyone make a dexterity check, or if you have, like, athletics... So each of you are able to adjust as the ship suddenly lurches and to the like to the left, I guess that's starboard, no, port. Uh, so it suddenly lurches to port. And then right about the time that you sort of steady yourself, it then lurches back to uh, starboard. And it clearly the ship is taking like very tight 
maneuvers, particularly for a ship this size. So you're able to manage to get yourself on deck, and you can see the peninsula laying out before you to the east. You can't quite make out Safe Harbor yet, but you are definitely going along this, again, labyrinthine row of sharp rocks and uh, the ships and that kind of thing. And you can even see places like just off to the side of the ship where the water is starting to boil. It just gets like, like instantly just starts boiling. Steam comes up and there's like a red glow that sort of erupts underneath the ship. And just a couple minutes after you've passed that area, it actually geysers straight up and there is water and steam and this globs of like red glue goo um, that you may recognize as lava. There's clearly like lava vents underneath this area and they're every now and then they're shifting and they're, they're coming up. Oh, that can't be good. It's definitely something you don't see every day. I'll be happy when we get land. Yeah. I'll, I'll go over and kind of loop my arm in, into like the rigging coming down, you know, either either a, a tie-off point at, at like the base of the mast or something like that. Just something to steady myself in. All right. So you're basically securing yourself in case things get rocky or turbulent. Mm-hmm. Phelan, what are you doing? Phelan's just going to be bracing himself at this point. He doesn't know anything about boats. Uh, maybe fix his shirt a little bit more so he's not looking like such a... So it didn't look like he just woke up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically he's just going to brace himself and just kind of be to the side and out of everybody's way. Okay. And uh, Glynius? Glynius is actually going to move um, probably toward the rear of the ship, but I'll stand facing the front with my my back against kind of uh, the walls that lead down to the the lower decks of the ship um, so that I'm slightly protected from the water and falling bits of lava. Gotcha. All right, so you go to the areas that you've indicated and you're looking around, and the crew seems to be fairly well regulated. They're, they're doing their jobs fairly, you know, fairly competently. The captain is up on the wheel, and he's kind of just laughing, possibly a little bit tipsy from last night's uh, game. And he's holding just like a scrap of paper in his hand. It's probably, you know, four to five inches by four to five inches. It's faded and yellow, and you can't see what's on the back of it. But every now and then, he looks at it as he's turning the wheel. And then every now and then, he'll turn the paper sideways or turn it the other way sideways as he turns the wheel again. Uh, so the ship is just making these really lurching maneuvers to the left and to the right. And then it'll go straight for a moment. Uh, there's another one of these geysers that starts to erupt under the ship, and the ship actually sort of lifts a little bit, like the back end, before it crosses over. And then, again, another geyser of steam and water and droplets of lava fall behind you. And everyone on the ship just sort of stops for a moment, and the captain starts to yell out, Ha ha, we've made it! And then there's a geyser that right at the front of the ship. And actually all but stops the ship's movement. So you all lurch forward a little bit. And then this geyser rises up and droplets of lava land on the ship. But when they do, they start to wiggle and coalesce into forms. These little like three foot tall humanoid looking lava creatures start kind of giggling and then rolling almost like uh, mercury across the ship, just setting it on fire everywhere they go. We will roll initiative. (laughs) 20. 16. 13. So all of you beat all of me. Um, <laughs> so essentially the ship lurched forward. A lot of the sailors actually fell. A couple of them actually have fallen overboard as well. Uh, so the ship is currently not sailing properly. 
a lot of the crew members start to freak out, so they're not actually doing their job. So until they get back on their jobs properly, the ship won't be able to move. Uh, so potentially more of these geysers could erupt. And there are three of these lava creatures, which you probably would recognize either by knowledge or, you know, theoretically, they're magma elementals. There's three of those on the ship, and they are literally just rolling and catching the ship on fire. So, Sinadra, you are first. What would you like to do? Magic missile. All right, how much damage is that going to be? Four points of damage. <laughs> so two bolts of force energy erupt from Sin's hands. Strikes one of the elementals. My wand. Oh, your wand. Strikes one of the earth elementals that doesn't even seem to notice it. But when it hits, it actually, you think of it like a living puddle. It sort of puddles in and uh, ripples out, and then it kind of comes back together on its body. All right, next up is Phelan. Phelan looks around real quick and sees a crossbow laying on the ground. Picks it up and starts to shoot one of them. I uh, just got a nat 20, though. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to be double damage, so you're going to roll twice, add your modifiers once. Are you shooting the same one that Sin shot or a different one? Same one. Okay. Eight points of damage. So just like before, um, it... That bolt kind of goes in. There's that little ripply effect, and you can see the bolt sort of erupt on fire from the heat as it finishes sinks in, into its body, and then the body sort of morphs around it, and you can't even tell that the arrow was ever there. Yeah. It did feel like it, like it looked like it hurt the thing. It felt it, but it still is now inside its body. Right. Right. I was about to say, going and failing. I, I mean, I didn't expect it to hurt. I was just doing it to see what would happen, more or less. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a little surprised that it looked like it kind of like maybe coiled back, or it looked like it hurt it when okay the arrow struck it. All right, Galenius, you are up. How tall are these? They're things? about four feet tall. Okay, like they're they're roughly humanoid. They they don't look like little humans on fire. They look like blobs of living lava that have a rough humanoid shape. Two stumpy legs, two stumpy arms, just sort of a trunk body that just goes up a little bit past like there's no neck okay. or anything. No it face. changes what I want to do a little bit. I wanted to see how short they were. So I'm going to um, take a couple short like walking steps and then break into a little trot. I'm going to remove my shield off my back and draw my sword and I'm going to um, kind of jog up to the nearest one and smack it with my shield and take a, a, a horizontal swipe at it my sword okay go ahead and roll your shield bash okay so my uh my shield attack is an 18 and my sword slice is a 13 all right the shield will hit the sword will not so mechanically basically you just don't get a good swipe on it what is the damage does the shield do six points the creature sort of almost morphs around your shield uh it does take the blow but then it reforms really close to you on the other side which is why your shield or your sword strike misses. Uh, but you now need to make a DC 12 reflex uh, or avoid taking basically heat damage from being in melee with it. I don't think that's going to do it. This is a five. All right, nope. So you take two points of damage just from the heat of being this close to it. All right. It is now their turn. It's actually also the crew's turn. The crew's going to go first. They're starting to shout orders about putting the fires out. So crew members are working on putting the fires, which means they're not running the ship, which means the ship is not moving, which means it's right in the danger zone for this to happen again. Uh, it's now the creature's turn. So the one that is right next to Galenius is just going to attack him. Uh, basically, it does a slam attack. 
where it brings its two stubby sort of arms together and is just going to double barrel fist you. Uh, with an 11 versus armor class, I assume that it's going to miss. Absolutely not. I stand behind my shield and just let it absorb the blow. And I smile as I finally have battling something after months on the ship. All right. You still need to make a DC 12 again. Every round you're in melee, you have to do that. That will pass. Okay. Uh, so you are unaffected by the heat. Then the creature sinks down into the wood of the ship and appears to disappear. Appears to disappear. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other two, the one that you have already been shooting, is actually going to come towards Sin. Uh, it's going to do the same thing. It's actually going to sink down into the wood of the ship and essentially move towards you where you can't see it. It will erupt underneath your feet and try to slam attack you. That was so close to a natural 20. It took, <laughs> it took one more tip over, uh, which makes it a 14 versus armor class. All day. All right. Uh, you also have to make a DC 12 reflex save as well. Got it. All right. So you take seven points of fire damage from the hit, but you do not take the additional heat damage. And the last one will do the same thing towards Phelan. So it'll disappear into the wood of the ship, glide over, and then erupt underneath your feet. So make a DC 12 save. Fail. So you take you take eight points of fire damage and four points of heat damage. Well, do I have to... Does it go against my AC at all? Oh, I, I rolled like a 26. <laughs> Sorry. How much was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, um, I rolled um, eight points of fire damage from the fist and then an additional four points of heat damage, so 12 okay. total. Uh. All right, so Nasir starts yelling out orders. We've got to move the ship or we're a, we're dead men. And So he's trying to get people to go back and work the ship and the sails and the rigging, but they're all really busy trying to put out the fires because everywhere this thing moves, it starts fires. It didn't do that as it was gliding through the wood, but when it erupted back out, there's now like a little part of the ship that's on fire where it's standing now. All right, and it's bound back up to the top, so it's back to Sin. I have combat casting, so I believe that allows me to... Um... You can cast Casting in combat. Yeah. I'm going to just give him a full face of magic missile. <laughs> Let's see if this one works a little better than the last one. <laughs> no. Five points of damage. Five points of damage. Once again, bloop, bloop. Uh, you do still have to roll the DC versus the heat damage for being this close to it. Pass. Okay. It's really hot. Failing. I'm going to back up and allow it to... Yeah, attack of opportunity. All right. I might regret this. Uh, no, you are not. It uh, it actually seems to be very busy trying to set the ship on fire, uh, so it doesn't really notice and doesn't take it take the attack of opportunity you presented. Okay. So as I run away from it, <laughs> more or less, I'm I'm seeing these crewmen that are trying to put out the fires. Yeah. And you I, also hear cries from people off ship who fell overboard who are crying. Ah, ah. Uh, well, I want to grab the bucket from one of the crewmen trying to put out the fires. I want to tell him to go help the people that fell overboard so I can help with the responsibilities. Okay. So of the we'll crew. start. Do you want to do that as an intimidate check or a persuasion check? Oh, I have good charisma. That is a 23. Okay, so I got a nineteen. I have a nineteen charisma. So this um, this crewman was sort of in a state of shock, but your calming, soothing words in the midst of this craziness has calmed him down. He's like, "Oh, yeah, of course, I'll, yeah." And he'll run over and grab like a hook so he can go down and kind of help his buddy out. He, he hands you a bucket, and it's full of sand. I want to throw that on the lava piece. 
It's full of water. Okay. I want to throw it on the lava beast regardless. Okay, so that'll be a range touch attack with dexterity as a modifier. Ooh. Uh, I got a 10 to hit. That actually, their touch attack is only 9. It's going to do D4 damage, but it's actually double damage because it is um, water. water. So 2D4, no modifier? Correct. That's going to be max damage of 8. When you hit it, pssst, it like the, the, the red cracky lines of its body, it turns much darker. Uh, steam erupts off its body. It doesn't scream because it doesn't have an actual mouth, but the hissing sound sort of sounds like a scream, kind of like when you boil lobsters. And it, it sort of almost gets like a chitinous shell. And then it, when it moves again, it sort of breaks off, and some of the lava that's now cooled falls at its feet, and it's noticeably smaller than it was. Nice. All right. Galenius. Galenius will immediately turn around to where it's forming behind him and actually lead with my sword hand in a uh, downward chop, try to chop the thing in half. And then I will uh, step forward and try to literally flatten those two halves with my shield. So we'll roll your attacks and then go ahead and roll your save when you're done. Uh, that's a nat 20 with my sword and a 22 with my shield. Both of those will hit. So again, you're on double your damage dice and then add your modifier at the end. Oh, I crit on a 19. I didn't even know that. Oh, there you go. 10 with my sword, 7 with my shield. So you've definitely wounded this creature. It's it Again, as you hit it with your shield, it sort of splatted out, and some of those splats went overboard and hit the water and are, are now inert. Some of the others are now just small little globs over here that aren't reforming. It, again, is noticeably smaller than it was moments ago. Uh, the crewmen are going to go about doing what they're doing. I'm going to roll to see if um, your crewman is able to save one of the guys overboard he is there so there's still one person overboard nice uh, they're still not necessarily getting to their duty so the ship still isn't moving properly which is a danger uh, and is now the uh, lava things a chance to attack so they will first of all they'll actually you need to roll your save first i failed okay so you take one point of damage from the heat oh that's better and then go ahead and roll again for this turn because you're still in melee with it that'll pass uh yep it will attack you with a 11 to hit Okay. Which I no, yeah. Yeah. No. 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 So the one that was by you failing is going to move forward, close the distance from where you threw the bucket. So it's now back in melee. So roll your saving throw versus the heat. Yes. And then we'll try to slam you with a fifteen versus armor class. That will miss. Okie dokie. All right. And as it would walk towards you again, the ship is getting on fire. Some of the crewmen are trying to work on that, so it's not like the fire is getting out of control, but your ship is actively on fire at this point. All right, and the last one, Sin, it's going to roll your DC versus heat. No. No as in no? No as in I failed. One point of damage from the heat and a natural 20 on the attack. <laughs> didn't, ro- didn't take that extra tip that time. All right. Am I about to kill you? Because I have no idea how many hit points you have. I don't know. It depends on how much damage you're going to do. Uh, yeah, let me know if you guys are getting low on hit points because I have no idea. Nine points of damage. Galenius no, is, I'm not dead. Okay. Galenius' second title after Demon Hunter is Beefcake. So, <laughs> okay, so back to the top of the order. Sin. Sin is going to cast Invisibility. All right. And move away from the elemental. All right, go ahead and roll your versus heat first. So that happens at the start of your turn because you're in melee. Yeah. Uh, what was my save I needed on that? 12. I pass. Okay. You have combat casting. You cast Invisibility. Mm-hmm. You disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're able to move. I don't think it has any senses to detect you. Uh, it does not. So you disappear. Are you going? To, what else are you doing on your turn? Uh, I'm going to move away um, and quaff a potion. Okay. 
All right, so Phelan, what are you doing? You're now back in melee, so you have to roll your save first. I failed. You're going to take just one. Now it's your turn. Okay, I am going to cast Sanctuary on myself, which means I can't attack anything, but nothing can attack me. So I want to cast Sanctuary. And Do you then- have combat casting? I'm going to run away, allow an oppor- attack of up. Op- well, he's going to get to attack anyways, regardless if I run away. Or but if, if he I- hits you when you're casting the spell, there's a chance you'll lose the spell. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, I will allow him to have an attack of opportunity while running away. Good call. He failed All right, and terribly. I'm going to cast. In fact, he failed as terribly as it was possible to fail. <laughs> I'm going to cast sanctuary on myself so I can no longer be a target, and then I'm going to. Do, I don't know if you'll allow me to still do this in my turn, but do whatever I can to help the crew uh, get people back in or put out fire or whatever needs to be done. Okay, so that'll start on your next turn because this one you're moving casting. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. All right, so now we're down to uh, Galenius. So Galenius uh, roars in excitement as he sees this thing shrink even smaller. Uh, so he will bend low and take a sweeping flat uh, attack with his shield. Okay, and then like a baseball bat sort of thing. Uh, yeah, like backhanded oh, kind bashing. of across okay. him. And then he will follow with his other hand, kind of actually opening himself up. Um, but he will turn the his uh, cold iron sword sideways to get more contact to try to continue to knock pieces off of this thing. Okay, roll it. And <laughs> that 20 again with my sword. <laughs> um, and uh, my shield is a 16. That also hits. Shield damage is max of nine. Okay, so actually, that... Don't take it away from me! ...is going to kill it. <laughs> I didn't even get to roll my nat 20. So, uh, well, I'm going to give you a chance to do something else. So, so basically what's going to happen is you hit this thing with your shield so hard, you actually knock it overboard. Okay. So the, the, the uh, power of your shield strike sends it flying overboard because it's lighter. Once it lands in the water, it becomes inert and you're fine. So you still have your sword attack left. If you want to throw your sword, I'll let you keep the 20, or if you want to do something else with it. Um, well, I have the ability to draw weapons, so could I, what, I, what I'm thinking I want to do is, uh, after I see that I knock this thing overboard, can I drop my sword and draw one of my hand axes and turn and throw it at the nearest creature? With a natural 20, absolutely. Do you want me to take it just one dice to the hit then? Um, no, it's, net, it's a net 20. So there's, okay. there's two left. There's the one that's been fighting Sin and there's the one that's been fighting Phelan. Which one are you throwing at? Uh, whichever one is closest to me. I would say the one I'm failing. Uh, let's see. Uh, 11. 11. Nice. All right. So your axe hits and then slowly starts to just sink in. And you can see the metal of the axe starting to get white hot and the handle just sort of catches on fire. But it's so big that it doesn't get completely absorbed. So there's just a handle sticking out of this creature's chest that's just on fire like a matchstick. I'll be taking that back in a second. All right. So the one that um, was on Sin, now that Sin's disappeared... But it does have a high perception, so I'm going to give it a chance to, to just do like a random attack at it, you. It should get a, a, like a 50-50 miss chance. Actually, no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to you know, say that when you disappear, because they're not smart. So you're being gone. You're just gone. Like it, it doesn't have a concept mm-hmm. of why you're gone. You're just gone. So it's actually going to turn and look at uh, Galenius, and it's going to throw part of itself at you like a mud ball. So it's going to do a ranged mud ball attack against you with a really high number. My AC's pretty high 20 total miss all right <laughs> we'll just say you captain america and you bashed it with your shield hell yeah i did <laughs> all right and then the one that is on phelan does it have to roll to get to attack you or does it just can't attack you 
I should have to make a, a will save to attack that's, him. That's what I thought. So I think it's a equal. DC 15. Okay. So it's going to try to attack you, not realizing what's going to happen as it gets closer. And then it just doesn't attack you. You still have to roll a DC 14 uh, or DC 12 save versus the heat. Yep. All right. That's all of them. So it's back to sin. He's currently invisible. I will uh, move up to the one that is um, engaging with Phelan. Uh, has an axe sticking out of it. Okay. I'll move up and, and reach out and uh, perform a melee touch attack to try to daze it. Okay. With my dazing touch. And that'll be a... Uh, yeah, that'll be a uh, 17. Very easily done. It is now dazed, but you're also going to take... Uh, I'm actually going to make the DC higher since you actually touched the creature. Failed. All right. So you're going to take... Yo, magic ain't strong three enough points to stop of damage that burn. From touching it. But what happens to this dazed creature? It loses its action. Perfect. It doesn't uh, doesn't lose anything to its um, hit points, hit just, points it or, or DC. It just loses its turn like okay. as far as it can't attack. All right. So Phelan... Would he see that? Or are you still invisible? Oh, yeah, no, I, I made an attack. I popped up right okay. behind it. And, and as my hands on fire, I'll say, hit it now. <laughs> What's going on here? Where'd you come from? I got hands, it. Hands I think. black and flesh. Yeah. I want, <sighs> I want to grab a nearby bucket and throw a lot more water on it. Okay. Range touch attack uh, using dex. Eight to hit. Eight will miss. So you splash sin with water. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> I'm trying to cool that hand of yours. It looked looked like it hurt. It did. Well, there you go. It still and does. It hurts. It's wet. It was you on fire. Bucket. All right. So, Galenius, it's on you. I will bend down and uh, pick my sword up and uh, trot over to the nearest one that was uh, that I. Um, so that that is also, I guess, all three of us are surrounding this uh, one because that was the closest one to me at the time that I threw my axe into, and uh, I will move up. And again, try to squash it with my shield and, shield, and then um, kind of a diagonal cut. Try to uh, slice it in half. All right, roll it. Crit fail on my sword, um, but my uh, shield is a 21. All right, the shield will hit first. Max damage, nine. All right, you splatter it, and about half of its size goes flying overboard and hisses and becomes inert. But it is still there. Uh, your sword is going to miss terribly. I don't have any fumble table, so you just miss. All right, it's now its turn. It's going to try to slam you with a 14 versus armor class. Not a chance. All right. And then since you did try to attack it, the sanctuary goes away, correct, Phelan? I That's believe correct. so. Okay, so then it will attack you. So the one on Phelan can't do anything because it's dazed, which means its turn's over. Back to Sin. What are you doing? I got it again. I okay. succeeded on that melee touch attack, and I also failed my saving throw. You keep touching the lava. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so pretty. So you take three more points of damage. I will go unconscious. Okay. So you touch it. It becomes dazed, and then you fall unconscious. You're also dazed in a way, and you're on fire. Yeah. I, I assume maybe the ship kind of rocked as, as it was a little bubbly, gurgly, and I kind of like fell into it. <laughs> and then then fall backwards onto the ground, like, uh, you know, burning. So you're like... Ow! And then you're unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> All right, failing. Yeah, that I'm going to walk up to Sinadra because she's right next to me and be like, Sin, now's not a time for a sleepy sleep. And I'm going to cast uh, Cure Moderate Wounds. Ten health back. Better. <laughs> 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 I'm fine. 
<laughs> you may still be on fire, but you feel better. There's 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 three points. Stop, drop, and roll. You forgot the last one. You just stopped and dropped. Save me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> All right. That or you rolled right into the fire that the thing spit out. Phelan. Helenius. So I will continue to... So the one that's right next to you know is... All but gone. Yeah, I'm going to continue to try to assault this thing to, to just smash it to bits, and hopefully it dissolves. Okay. Um, so I'll step forward uh, with one and try to bring my shield down kind of on its side, okay. and then follow through with my sword. Well, let's roll the shield first, because if you hit, you probably will take it out. That's going to hit. All right, you oh. send this one overboard one as well. It's like, ah! And then there's one left that's on the far end of the ship. This is the one that actually hasn't been hurt as much. Okay. Can I, since I took that out, can I move closer to yeah. that one then? Yeah, you didn't have to move for that. So you yeah. can move and attack this one. Okay. Well, uh, all right. I'll roll my sword. Ro- then. Well, first of all, roll your DC 12 against the first one, because you were next to it when you started your turn. That'll actually fail. You take two points of damage. Then you run up to the other one. Roll DC 12, saving throw. Uh, that'll pass. All right. And then now you can take your sword swing. 18. That will hit. <laughs> Five points of damage. Okay. All right. It is now its turn, so go ahead and roll your DC 12. Mm, just pass. Just, or, no, fail. Sorry, right. sorry. You take one point of heat damage, and it's going to attack you with a 20 versus armor class. Still misses. Ah, oh, <laughs> damn. <sighs> okay. All right, Sin. You are on the deck of the ship. Your clothes are smoldering. Phelan's standing over you. You feel really hot. I am hot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an elf. You look hot. Glinius yells up over his shoulder, you're not that hot. No, literally, I'm hot. I'm on fire. (laughs) We'll see what Charm Person says later. (laughs) See, if I threw water on you now, you wouldn't be so mad. No, I would not. Um, Range days. Passed. Nothing happened. Nothing. (laughs) Phelan. I'm going to cure my wounds on myself now. And that's 11 points that I get back. All right. Galenius, you're next to the creature, so roll your saving throw. Not 20. <laughs> Those new dice you did got you. The, yeah, these new dice my son bought me for my birthday are fantastic. Yep. It's now your turn. Sword hack followed by a, uh, a shield slice. Mmm. The one's going to miss because it's a 10, I'm assuming. Uh, yes. Uh, my, my shield misses with a 10. My uh, sword is a 17. That will hit. Uh, for pitiful four damage. So your sword goes through it. Uh, some of the bits of lava kind of fling off it again, sort of reshapes and is a little bit smaller than it was, but uh, it's not quite out of the fight just yet. Would you two greenhorns please help me out here? <laughs> <laughs> I am useless against like things that aren't people. Uh, you can help with the ship, though. The ship's still on fire and the crew still aren't doing their thing. I was on fire. Okay, that's true. Phelan, Galenius. Roll your saving throw. Uh, 13. 13 will pass. It's going to double fist you with a one. <sighs> Never. All right. Phelan. I'm going to shoot it with my bow one more time with a 15 to hit. No, that, 16. Sorry. That will hit. <laughs> it was close. It's a plus one bow. There you go. That plus one made all the difference. So so that the bolt was going toward it. Started to veer left, and then remembered, and then turned back into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be four points of damage. Okay. So you basically split its head like Terminator 2, and then, yeah. it, and then it starts to form back up, but it loses some more of its essence in doing so. 
Galenius. I'm going to thrust my sword into where the arrow was and kind of rake up, trying to spray some of it away, and then follow through with my shield. Okie dokie. That would be a 27 on the shield and a 16 on the sword. Okay, so you're going to be able to knock this one overboard as well. It goes flying into the ocean. The water underneath the ship starts to roil and boil again, and that red light starts to emerge. So each of you need to do at least one thing to help the ship move forward. You can tell me what you want to try to do. It's kind of like a skill check. You can kind of pick what you're trying to do. So you can either help or you can try to like encourage someone else to do their job, that kind of thing. You still have one person overboard as well. I will climb the rigging to try to get the sails full, full open. Okay. So make a climb check. With a 10. All right. So you get caught in the rigging. You don't fall, uh, but you don't climb very well. I mean, you're tired. You're wearing armor. Climbing the rigging probably wasn't a good idea. So you're Killing about- all three monsters by myself probably <laughs> you, did yes, it. you did, actually. Uh, so you're about five feet up, just sort of hanging like the scarecrow yeah. in the rigging. My, my climb's a plus seven, and I rolled a, th- I mean, I rolled a three. Nice. So. All right. Phelan, what do you want to do? I noticed that there's a couple of greenhorns on this ship that, between all the commotion going on with the fighting and the fire and everything... They just got scared, and they're just kind of terrified in the corner. So I want to go up to them and give them a good good little rousing speech of how I want them to start helping out and get these uh, the guy that's overboard back on the ship and also start putting out some of the fires. And rousing speech. So persuasion. <laughs> persuasion. Four, so that's 15. 15. So it's not the most rousing speech that you've given, but under the circumstances, it seems to work. A couple of sailors that were sort of hidden and just sort of duck for cover, kind of awaken. They, they not quite listlessly, but not with a lot of enthusiasm, but they do go back to the ropes and start pulling that. So the sails do unfurl and get caught by the wind again. Uh, another soldier nearby, another sailor nearby uh, throws over a rope for the other person that was um, in the water. So he's able to get pulled out before the water starts to fully boil and bake him alive. All right, Sin, what do you want to do to help the ship? I'm going to go to the captain, and I'm going to use some prestigitation magics to amplify his voice so that he can order his crew around and they can effectively hear him. Excellent. So you were able to do that. He's able to get control of the ship, and a few moments later, the ship will sort of lurch forward as the sails. They fully catch the wind and sort of jet forward just in time for another geyser to erupt behind you. Uh, luckily, the water and the lava falls harmlessly behind. And a few moments later, you find yourself sailing breathlessly but safely into safe harbor. Yeah. Yay. Before the captain lets you disembark, he will actually call you back into his private quarters. He's expressing his thanks. If it were not for you, surely his ship would have sank, burned to a crisp and uh, bottomed out. And he would not be able to tell the tales of all his wonderful travels. So in thanks of you helping him out, please, my friends, take these as a payment for what you've done for me. And he hands you each a heavy pearl. Very hefty. It's about the, about the size of a, a marble. You would roughly guess it's probably 75 to 125 gold worth value. He will also hand you, basically, it's a knotted rope. And uh, he holds it reverently. So, you, you know, it's clearly not just a knotted rope. And he says, this was uh, an item I won in a card game. And it uh, is called a cord of the two winds. If you break a knot, you can summon the winds to your aid. And then he sort of looks sheepishly. He'll look down then he'll look over at Sin. And then he will pull out from, uh, from this little area he had behind his desk, a deck of cards. 
It's the same deck of cards that you've been playing your game with. And he goes, I will give you my marked deck of cards. <laughs> I knew you weren't that good. Thank you for letting me win. How many knots are in the rope? Uh, there are two left. All right, so we will end this session, uh, the end of chapter one, as you are disembarking the glorious goddess into Safe Harbor. You can restock your supplies here if you'd wish. It's about a three days journey to Inskittering. Let's buy you two rookies some potions. Or a sword, maybe. I, I start to... Come on. I feel great. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he you just... did not see all that magic I threw down? Galenius is dumbfounded, which helped almost zero. Oh, really? Let's see. Michael count is three. Yours is zero. I think I shot your elemental quite profusely with magic and it um you loosened the lid yeah yeah it, it 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 let's just get off this damn boat i'll laugh wholeheartedly and slap you on the back as i follow behind you getting off the boat i, I burn there <laughs> it's a little tender a little tender so, all the reason why he laughed harder nazir's giving you a big hearty wave as you guys disembark and start to walk into safe haven Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize, but we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.